very sorry for Christians, believers, and for that matter, Messianic believers, who do not see the centrality and supremacy of the Lord Jesus. The one single way that you can be kept from the work of seducing spirits and the doctrine of demons, the one single way that you can be kept from backsliding, the one single way you can be kept from compromising, the one single way that you can, by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, come to God's goal and end for you to be changed into the likeness of the Lord Jesus is to give to the Lord Jesus the place the Father has given him. Demote him, devalue him, compromise over his status and his destiny over his very being, and in so doing, you begin the process of departure. You begin the process of backsliding. Now, some will say, no, 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 that's a Christian doctrine. They took uh, Jesus and they made him into some kind of icon that he never really was. He was the Messiah. He was very special. But my dear friends, it doesn't matter where you turn. Take the whole question of revelation. Now, I'm not talking just about revelation as such. I'm talking about the 66 books of the scriptures. The 66 books of what we call the Bible. This is the canon of scripture. Canon is from the Hebrew word that means measuring. A measuring weed. In other words, you have a whole thing that is different from all other literature. You may have marvelous other literature. Uh, it may even in places be inspired. But this is the revelation that God gave to us. It is contained in 66 books. 39 of the Old Covenant and 27 of the New. Nor are the 27 of the New superior to the 39 of the Old. They are one organic whole. Destroy the 39 books, demote them, devalue them, and you have destroyed the foundation of the whole 27 writings of the new covenant. It's one whole. This amazing revelation, you cannot understand it if you do not understand the Lord Jesus. He is central to the whole revelation from Genesis to Revelation. It begins with him, uh, uh, the promise of him in the garden and ends with him. Come quickly, even so, come quickly. Everywhere you look, you will see Yeshua. Everywhere. He is on every page. That is not an exaggeration. He is on every page. The Lord Jesus, when he spoke to those on the road to Emmaus, you will remember in Luke's Gospel and chapter 24 and uh, uh, verse uh, 20, uh, uh, verse uh, 17. Oh no, sorry, 27 it is. Sorry. Uh, beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. <laughs> Moses, um, the prophets, and the Psalms. The whole three 
divisions in the Jewish arrangement of the um, old uh, uh, covenant. Isn't this amazing? Everywhere he spoke to them, I'd love to have been there. That would have been better than any theological seminary, any Bible school. Just to have been there and to have heard what Jesus himself said about himself as he took them from place to place, place to place, all the way through Moses, all the way through the prophets, all the way through the writings. What a tremendous thing that was. And if you look at the same chapter and verse 44 and 45, and Jesus said unto them, These are my words which I spake to you while I was yet with you, that all things must needs be fulfilled which are written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their mind that they might understand the Scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name unto all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send forth the promise of my Father upon you. Isn't that amazing? Think for a moment. Think of all the types in the, uh, through the Word of God. Think of all the figures that are used to speak of the Lord Jesus. Think of the lamb. Think of uh, uh, the goat, the bull. The, I'll say something more about that in just one moment. I, it's everywhere you go. Think. I, I don't know what to say. It's so, such an enormous subject and when you're probably all a little weary. Uh, I can't think of anything more wonderful, really, the Lord Jesus. I, I personally believe the Lord Jesus appeared a whole number of times because it says no man can see God and live. Who was it that visited Abraham? Abraham thought it was three angels to begin with. You remember? And then later we hear it was the Lord. How did he entertain somebody upon whom you, you cannot see? If, he, if, if, if it was God the Father, could he have lived? Who was it that sat down and had that unkosher meal of uh, Leban and, uh, and a kid before Moses ever gave us the Kashrut law? I mean, it is so interesting. I mean, it, I, I, I just wonder myself, who was it? Who was it that Jacob wrestled with when he said, I have seen the face of God and I have lived? He was crippled for the rest of his life, but Jacob the twister had become Israel, the prince with God. Who was it? Who was it that stood before Joshua and said, I am the captain of the Lord's host. Take off your shoes from off your feet. The ground whereon you stand is holy ground. Yeshua. Joshua standing there before the captain of the Lord's host. Who was the angel of the Lord's presence who went before them into the land and scared the living daylight out of all the ites that were in the land, God, will you do it again? Scared the living daylight out of all of the ites in the land. I mean, oh, who was it? Who was it? 
I could go on and on, Ezekiel and Isaiah and others. Who was it that they saw? Moses, the Lord said, you cannot look upon me and live, but I will hide you in the cleft of the rock, and you shall see me as I go by. And it was dear Moses who said, show me your glory. Long before the Messiah came, it was the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah. Is it any wonder that when John writes his gospel, which I'm often told is the most un-Jewish gospel of the four, and in my estimation is far the most Jewish, John takes the unmentionable name of God, I am, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the, uh, the true vine. Before Abraham was, I am. The most Jewish of all the Gospels. And, uh, and uh, <coughs> he begins in this wonderful word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the Word was God. And then he goes on to say that nothing that was created was created apart from the Word. It was for him and through him. And in him was the life. I mean, who is this? This amazing revelation that we have in the Bible It begins with Jesus, it ends with Jesus. He is central to every part of it. I could go through a whole list of the titles of Jesus, as you will find them everywhere. Morning star, day star, the branch. Where can we end? It is everywhere you look, you will find Jesus. Central and supreme to all 66 books of the Bible. This is the king. No small king, no merely human king, somebody extraordinary who combines in himself both humanity and deity. It is beyond us. Or again, you say, well, I'm not quite sure. I've heard other explanations for some of these scriptures. Then I think of the creation itself, the very creation Jesus is central to this creation and supreme in this creation. Let me just read. Oh, I can, I, I, we don't have the time to look at all these, but look at this. Listen to this in Colossians and, and chapter 1. Uh, I'm going to read from verse uh, 15. Now it's talking about Jesus in whom we have our redemption. It's just said it in verse 14. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation? For in him were all things created, in the heavens and upon the earth, things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things have been created through him and unto him, and he is before all things, and in him... All things consist. Now, my dear friends, that's some, I don't want to be irreverent, but that is some mouthful. 
I don't know whether it sinks into I don't know how anyone explains this away. What does it mean? Simply, Jesus is central to this creation. When God created this universe, which is so incredible, and He created mankind, and when we fell, persevered with us, it was through the Lord Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, through the Lord Jesus, and for the Lord Jesus, and in Him, Jesus is the invisible, elemental life or power that holds the whole universe together. Do you remember when Jesus was crucified? Do you remember he was crucified at nine o'clock in the morning? Do you remember that at twelve o'clock when he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Suddenly a darkness came over the whole land. It was not an eclipse. Any of you who know anything about the heavens will know that no eclipse can last three hours. Something happened to the elemental power in the universe itself. As if a sword went through the very heart of God. As if something made the Godhead shudder so that the sun withdrew its shining. There was an earthquake. All kinds of things happened. It's not just in Colossians, as if Paul ate too much the night before, um, uh, and imagined something which is slightly off a beam. I mean, I don't know what it is in some of our messianic circles, this demoting of Paul. As if they, they, the, the attitude is that Paul is somehow or other the creator and architect of Christianity. What a lot of rubbish that really is. It's absolute rubbish. Paul was the greatest rabbi of history. And uh, that man who saw more clearly than anyone else is more Jewish than any Jew who has ever lived. Here he says something about the Lord Jesus that just it blows our minds. We cannot understand it. It simply means that everything that is created was created through him, both things visible and invisible. Everything through him and for him, and in him everything holds together. Well, I I have to leave it, but I I think it's uh, marvelous. I shall come back to it in a moment in another way. Uh, Then I take the matter of, um, of salvation. Is there any salvation outside of the Lord Jesus? Do you remember the apostles when they said, Neither is there any other name given under heaven among men wherein we must be saved? There is no salvation apart from Jesus. Try, work your hands to the bone, do what you will, weep, use emotion. Only through the finished work of the Messiah can a human being be saved. Only through the finished work of the Messiah can a human being be justified in the sight of God. Only through the Messiah Jesus can a human being receive eternal salvation. The very name Jesus, Yeshua, Joshua in English, this very name Yeshua means the Lord is salvation. Jesus is salvation. <clears throat> it's, you, people think of salvation as, um, as a kind of thing. You get it. 
much like you buy apples or you uh, buy milk or you buy a toy or you buy a house or you buy a car. It's a thing. Salvation is not a thing. Salvation is a person. That person is Jesus. Now that means at the very beginning we have got something that transforms our concepts. Christ Judaism and Christianity, Messianic Judaism, uh, is, is, is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is not a religion. It is a relationship. In other words, you are saved by being made alive to God through Jesus the Messiah. You are saved by being brought into a union with God in Jesus the Messiah. It is something so tremendous, the centrality of the Lord Jesus to salvation. Go back to the beginning. Do you remember when um, Adam and Eve um, rushed out when they found they were naked? They'd never known they were naked before. I don't know what covered them uh, then, or whether there was any, even a necessity for covering. But they rushed out and they got these big banana-type leaves and they stitched them together and made themselves uh, uh, sort of briefs or whatever you like to call them. And uh, when the Lord saw them, he, they, they were, they, it was as if they were still naked when the Lord looked upon them. And then the Lord sewed for them skins. Now what is not there in words is the fact that those skins meant death. Blood was shed. There was a lamb or a goat that there in the garden sheds shed its blood so that Adam and Eve could be clothed. And from then on, Cain was rejected because he offered the perfect fruits of the ground. But uh, 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 Abel was accepted because he offered the lamb. Oh, from there on, all the way through, you find the lamb of God. It was the Passover. Pharaoh's firstborn was slain as the Passover was sacrificed and as the Passover blood was put upon the doors, the, li the, the, the lintel and the gateposts, the angel of death went over. And so it was through that Passover lamb as they ate it, received it, so came a great deliverance from the powers of darkness in Egypt. Well, my dear friends, you can see we could go on and on and on. But it's tremendous when you look at it like this. There is no salvation apart from the Lord Jesus. You, it was Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the greatest of all Baptist preachers, and in fact, one of the greatest of all preachers, who said you can be baptized all the way from Land's End in England to New England in the, in, in the, the United States. And he said... All that will happen is you will get very wet. I mean, the fact of the matter is this. You can eat bread, you can drink wine, you can have oil put on your head, you can, you can have a thousand and one ceremonies, ritual, and I don't know what else, but beloved friends, it doesn't save you. That's religion. Hinduism does it this, or Buddhism does it. They all do it. It's religion. It's religion.